You are listening to Future Voices, a podcast brought to you by Beha Futures Foundation. Dear people, welcome to Futures Voices once again. We are growing fast. This is already our fifth episode and we keep going forward by bringing top class experts to share their knowledge with students worldwide. Today's podcast is special because I have the honor to speak with one very special lady who is a connecting dot between our country and Sweden. Her name is Vanessa Rehani Cindic and she did some extraordinary things over the past few years. She worked as Chief Operating Officer at Softhouse Company Sarevo office for three years and she is also a board member of our BA Futures Foundation. Vanessa, welcome to our podcast and thank you for making time for this talk. Thanks, Kenan. It is a true pleasure to be involved in the work of our foundation also through our podcast. So thank you for this invite and hello to everybody who's listening to us. Now, I'm sure that some of our listeners know you, but most of them don't. So can you introduce yourself briefly? Who is Vanessa? How would you describe yourself? Well, I'm really passionate about practicing and spreading the good word about the type of leadership that makes people grow. I think that's a really uh, important notion to mention first. Yeah. I've been yeah. active as a manager and a leader for quite some time now in my work, as you already mentioned. Yeah. My main focus has always been to make the people around me grow so that we, so that we can grow our businesses together. Uh, I'm born in Bosnia and Herzegovina, uh, where I lived until I was 12. And after that, I lived for 25 years in Sweden. Of course, it is in Sweden that I got my education and started to work there, where I developed my first steps in my career. But yeah. for the latest three years, uh, I chose to move to Sarajevo from Stockholm to work here as, as you already mentioned, a chief operating officer at Soft House office here locally. That is a, a Swedish company um, mm -hmm. located here. And um, as you said, I engaged actively working as a volunteer for the young through Bosnia Herzegovina Futures Foundation. And also to mention, I am currently the president of Swedish Chamber of Commerce in Bosnia and Herzegovina to contribute to better business connections between Bosnia and Sweden, which is another passion of mine. Wow. So, so you're, you're actually wearing so many hats at the same time. I am. And I really like that. I, I like yeah. being involved. But still, I think I choose with cautiousness uh, where I involve. And these um, organizations I've mentioned are really close to my heart. Yeah. Yeah. That's so nice. Now, you mentioned that... You lived in Sweden, but can you share with us some more information about the steps you have taken in your career in Sweden? What did you do? Yeah, I, I can truly say that in my work, I've been lucky enough and wise enough to work at companies in Sweden that actively put people first, because these companies value uh, that focus on people is one of the main predispositions for prosperity of the business. So uh, having come to Bosnia, I have made it my mission to build on these teachings even here in Bosnia in, in the business. Yeah. Moreover, I've understood that companies and organizations with such a philosophy that I just mentioned are actually the only environment that I can be in professionally. So I'm very happy to work for Softhouse today that I believe values the right things in this way. Mm -hmm. 
And of course, as I said, I have now for several years been a board member of Bosnia Herzegovina Futures Foundation that has the same base. And I really like our mission that we empower the young, brilliant minds so they can be at their best potential and make our region healthy and prosperous. So what I'm trying to say that these values that I see that are really prominent in Sweden, I also engaged in, in kind of organizations that do the same here in Bosnia. Yeah, exactly. Now, today we will compare practices primarily in education and technology between two countries, Sweden and Bosnia and Herzegovina. And first of all, I would like to come back to one really interesting thing. Now, you are one, you're probably one of the few people who moved from Stockholm to Sarajevo. Now, I'm sure that our listeners are dying to find out why. So why really? Why does someone leave one of the most progressive countries in the world and moves to Bosnia? I think that it all comes down to what perspective you have. People who have grown up somewhere else, when they encounter and experience Bosnia and Herzegovina, they tend to see different things than those who have been here for a long time and are yep. born here. Uh, for me personally, in retrospective, of course, I see the benefit of growing up in Sweden. As you say, and we will elaborate on that as well, there are many beautiful things to be said about that country. Of course. But, um, yeah, but since my family did not leave um, Bosnia and Herzegovina but by own choice, I have grown up missing the connection with my home country. I have always wondered what it would be like to live in Bosnia and what I would be like as a person. So yeah. even when growing up in Sweden, I've spent many years as a volunteer in several organizations that work on connecting Bosnia and Sweden. And this has been very important for my identity as a young person. And mm -hmm. at one point, uh, which was a tipping point for me, I decided that I really needed to actually move to Bosnia and see for myself to live and work in my home country. So that is what I did. Yeah, I, I, I would also like to add, there's something special about Bosnia because many people from diaspora are just keep coming back and also some foreigners from some other countries are coming to Bosnia as well. It turns out that there is something about this country that people really like and can't, can't forget about it. Yeah, um, I, I really do agree on that because we and there are two sides of, of, of this story. Many times we hear about people from diaspora coming and uh, uh, that they, 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 they communicate about what they can contribute to their country. But I yeah. think this is very reciprocal. It is also about what my country can do for me. Because, as I already mentioned right now, it is really important part of our identity to know about our roots. You can grow, exactly. but you also need to know where you're from. And uh, spending time in Bosnia, not only on vacations, but also being here for work, I think it has really been a great benefit for me. Definitely, definitely. Now, we already mentioned that education is the priority number one of our foundation and actually a first step towards progress, actually, for anything. Now, Sweden has some, out some outstanding universities. Some of them are among the best in the world. But what is it that makes them so great? What kind of practices do they have in their classrooms? Yes, that is true. Uh, and I think it has a lot to do with the fundamentals of the Swedish education philosophy, in my experience. Mm -hmm. The education there is based upon values such as teamwork, critical thinking, and learning for life, rather than learning for grades. And yeah. it's very important to mention, which in the short run may look a bit unserious for us who have grown up in a great driven societies. 
But truly, yeah. I have found it to be true that in the long run, these are some of the values that prepare you for the modern work life. And that is uh, really important. Yeah. Um, I can share one little story. When I, I remember when I started seventh grade in Sweden, this was back in the late 90s. Mm-hmm. And the teacher told me that no grades will be given to me until eighth grade. This is how the system worked back then in wow. Sweden. Wow. And yeah, so they, they didn't have the grades until the eighth grade. And uh, of course, coming from, from, you know, former Yugoslavia, where we had the grade from the first, from the, from, from day one, actually, yeah. And, yeah, I found that at that time being very strange. I, I, I found myself thinking, how will this teacher and I know that I am succeeding? So this was such a clash of mindsets, you know. Yeah. Uh, but of course, after that and having the, grown up in that kind of system, I do understand the benefits of it. So on one hand, fact-driven and grade-driven education systems give us the factual knowledge, uh, which uh, is actually today missing many times in Sweden since they don't yeah. focus on that anymore. Um, I think that is quite okay because you get the facts of the internet very fast nowadays, but the skills that require more training are invested in Sweden to develop instead with the pupils and the students. Yeah, yeah. It's about learning people how to think, not giving them just information, information. Yes, that is not enough today. Yeah. Now, but anyway, we know that not everything is done in the classroom and that knowledge gained at the universities is just not enough most of the time. And I would say that it is not only here in Bosnia and Herzegovina, it's a global problem. It is everywhere around the world since new things are happening and coming out every day and it is very hard for universities to add them right away. So tell me, what do Swedish students do to develop themselves outside of universities? Uh, As you said, as anywhere else, the non-formal education is important even in Sweden. For starters, Sweden has a very strong association life, for example, through sports, where children growing up learn the important values of uh, not only learning the sports technique, but also fair play, team spirit and playing for fun because you like something. Yeah. Of course, uh, this is the case of Bosnia and Herzegovina as well, where we have strong sport associations. Um, but I do see a, a difference that while in Sweden it is more focused on that everybody gets to play and experience the sport itself, I mm-hmm. think that in our region sometimes we are more driven by results, even at an early stage. Yeah, that's like the grade system we you already mentioned. Yes, yes. So I think this is maybe something to reconsider also in our sports associations, how, how we approach our young and how we learn them to love sports for the sport itself, not only solely the results. Yeah. And um, also another example, later on, in non-former adult education, so-called in Sweden, Folkbildning, it is very, very spread in Sweden that... Uh, uh, you uh, the, the notion that you are never too old to learn new things and that learning is a lifelong process. Yeah, I think that is so good and very important to mention about Sweden. Uh, these I mentioned uh, these study association folkbildning have started mm-hmm. in Sweden over a hundred years ago, so they have a long tradition of learning in adult age, and this is yeah. something that we in Bosnia have just started to develop, as I can see it. Yeah. Um, so what you do in Sweden uh, is if you as an individual or team um, are, are interested in, in an area to learn, you can form a study circle through these associations and share mm-hmm. experiences and learn with other people. 
That's great. And, yeah, isn't it? So, and you yeah, exactly. get financial aid to do so and cover the expenses for this team. Yeah. Uh, so this is widely, widely spread. So there are over, actually over 250,000 study circles like this throughout Sweden mm -hmm. today. Uh, so what I really like about the principle in Sweden is that you can and should build up uh, on your formal knowledge and you can even redirect your career in this way even when you are old. Now yeah. we know that education in Bosnia is not on such a top level. We have young people going abroad for education, complaining constantly about old school system and everything. But we still constantly see some improvement at our universities, both not only state but private universities as well. Now, since you spent some time here, what are your experiences and observations about your, our universities? Are we on a good track with our education system? Yeah, I, I really do see improvements uh, uh, through my experience uh, in my work as the chief operating officer that I've had now for three years at Soft House. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. During this time, I've actively engaged in recruiting young people who have just graduated from universities as engineers yeah. and are applying for their first job. So I, I, I can find uh, my facts from, from this experience. And mm -hmm. um, what I've noticed in Bosnia is that while the school system is teaching the young very well to be engineers and have an engineer mindset, uh, that is on one hand, of course, very good and admirable, but it is mm -hmm. not enough to prepare the young for the modern market. Yeah. Um, and I think that some of the universities have understood the importance of teaching the students other skills giving them opportunities to do trainee programs and so on as a mm -hmm. part of the formal education. But uh, uh, we have a long way to go. There are just some of the good positive examples that I have seen, but it has not been yeah, yeah, yeah. part of our system yet. Of course, we are at the early beginning, yeah. Yes, yes. But, but as you said, uh, it's very good that we are noticing this gap. And I mm -hmm. think it would be very good if more universities had understood the importance of better connecting the market and the education. And I really hope that we will see more of this. Yeah, yeah. Now, in the last few years, we also have an increase in non-formal education activities when it comes to young people in Bosnia and Herzegovina. They try to volunteer more and try to educate themselves on different ways. Now, I think that students are slowly starting to realize that university diploma is just not enough. We are constantly repeating this, but it's really not enough. And they need to build other skills on some different ways. Now, what do you think? Are they doing a good job? What should students focus on outside of universities? Yes, where the formal education has improvements to do that we just mentioned in the answer above. Uh, yeah. Luckily, we have the non-formal education organizations that help us fill this gap. Uh, and many organizations of uh, non-formal education type do a good job in this. Among, of course, uh, one is the Bosnia Herzegovina Futures Foundation that uh, I'm mentioning it again because uh, we are close to, to the activities of the foundation and we know mm -hmm. what it has done for our students. Um, and to put it like this, in my profession and working with lean management, for example, the foundation of all in business is to know the needs of your stakeholders. For example, a company has a client with needs that it needs to meet and a state has also uh, stakeholders in form of citizens to consider. Yeah, and exactly, for, yeah. yeah, so, so they are in, in different layers in society, you always find somebody that you need to give your services to in the best way. 
for us in the Futures Foundation, it has from the beginning been important to meet the needs of the students uh, and to fill out this gap that we are mentioning so that we can listen to the students and provide them with what they have been lacking throughout the formal school system. Yeah. Yeah, I do see that many young have understood that they need to complement their education in this way and to communicate their needs as they've done to us in the foundation. And yeah. we see that many young professionals have engaged in the foundation and have learned a lot. Mm-hmm. But I also think, think Kenan, that it's uh, not only the young that are benefiting from, uh, from non-formal education. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, we who are more experienced professionals, um, who are a bit older, we learn together with these students every day. Uh, mm-hmm. I mentioned uh, previously how Swedes think. You learn something every day if you want, and you learn from li- for life. And this is, for example, in the foundation, in our foundation, is a holistic ecosystem of curious people coming along, the young to be guided by the mentors, but also the mentors co- to come with the new insights, interacting with our millennials. So it's really a win-win yep. system for us all. And uh, I'd like to add, of course, that the young in Bosnia should. Um, reconsider, you know, we have this tradition of uh, a blame game sometimes that I can see. Constantly, yeah. Yeah, you see it as well, of course. And uh, instead of blaming the shortcomings of the formal education, I think that now many opportunities have opened up for the young through non-formal education organizations. So I encourage the young to engage in organizations uh, like this to learn the essentials of the future market and open up for the new opportunities. Exactly, exactly. Now, interesting thing you mentioned that our listeners probably know about our system like mentors, mentee in our BA Futures Foundation. And I also talked with Amer in previous podcast episode that he that mentors actually learn a lot from young people because young people are focused on some new things. And it's just, as you already mentioned, it's never too late to to learn new things and everything actually can be a source of knowledge that you just need to take. Yes, and that is so important to mention. Uh, Just because you uh, are a bit older and have had some time to train some skills longer than a younger person, you should never underestimate the fresh minds of young people so it really is a reciprocal exchange of curiosity between the two and uh, i i do really i'm lucky uh, to know and to feel that we are also attracting those kind of mentors in our organization so that the young can be approached in a right manner that is exactly exactly now we're coming back to sweden now, what would you say that is the main thing that makes Sweden so great and advanced? In my personal opinion, I think that, yeah, they have very big technological advantage at the moment. And it is very important, especially in today's world. But I would say that mindset they have is probably the key, since it's the mindset that brought them here. Do you agree? Yeah, and y- you know that Sweden tops a lot of rates uh, when, when, when we hear about the reports around uh, about the countries yeah. in the world. For us, um, maybe to point out, it's a token of beautiful simplicity, for example, mm-hmm. great design and tech innovation. And, yeah. and uh, Sweden actually attracts innovative minds, and this is not by chance. Uh, what Sweden really does very good is that this is a really uh, a strategic uh, approach that the state of Sweden has chosen to make when I mentioned this example about mm-hmm. attracting innovation. 
Uh, on a state level, for example, there is an innovation strategy that makes sure to create the best predispositions for the products, processes and services to be renewed. And a lot of money is invested in research and development, for example. So what I'm trying to say that uh, what is important to notice about Sweden is that there is a holistic approach, a systems approach, if you will, for making things happen in Sweden. And um, there is a saying in that country that in Sweden, everything is a system. And I've, I've found this to be true many, many times. And I think that yeah. this systematic approach is something that we need to really be inspired by. Yeah, yeah. you have to have the system to, in order to succeed. Yes. Now, we know that cooperation between academia and the business world is very, very important for one country's progress. And I know that Sweden has some very positive practices related to this. Like people from business are sending input to academia constantly and universities adjust their teaching plans accordingly, right? Now, how can we learn from this? How to make our academia-business world relationship better? Yes, uh, the bond between academia and business is very prominent in Sweden and very important for the prosperity of the country as a whole. So you are truly right there. And yeah. as you just said, the two exchange information and adjust not only the teaching plans that you mentioned, but also the available classes and advice in how they guide their students in the choice of education. Of course, we all know that it is important to choose a career by uh, what you love doing. Of course. Yeah, and, and that, that will, will always remain. But I think it is also important and what Sweden does very well is to uh, put out that information into the light on what education leads to employment. And mm -hmm. this kind of information is very transparent and available, available in Sweden for the students. So they can choose by both passion and wisdom when they yeah. choose their future careers. And I think this kind of information is not transparent enough in Bosnia and that is something unfortunately yeah inspired about um, also another good thing in Sweden is that it is mandatory to do a traineeship at different companies and organization as a part of your formal education on different levels in the schooling system both in primary secondary school and at the university and yeah. I hope that we will develop this kind of approach as well in Bosnia but uh, there is one very, very bright point in, in our business world, in Bosnia and Herzegovina's business world, and I would like to talk about it with you. There is one specific industry in our country that is constantly growing and developing, and it is, of course, our IT industry. Companies from our country are delivering products and services for some of the biggest companies in the world, and I think that is a magnificent example of what we are capable of. But, however, the only problem the IT industry has actually is a, is a lack of potential employees. Academia just cannot produce sufficient number quickly enough. There is a constant demand for more and however there are actually some positive practices related to this and you were involved in some of them, right? Yeah, you're truly right there as well. If any, the industry of IT in our region is very clearly signaling that there is work and that the IT is a very attractive education to gain in terms of having great chance of employment. So here we have very transparent information uh, yeah. to, to, to add up on, on, the, on, the, on the previous answer. Um, mm -hmm. 
I, I think it needs to be mentioned that here the organization, the Bit Alliance, Bit Alianza, uh, has done a great job for some years now. Uh, this alliance is gathering the IT companies under one umbrella from Bosnia and Herzegovina. Yeah. And uh, they are really openly talking about this information about the attractiveness of the, of the industry and connecting yeah. the young, the public sector and the formal education system. And it's admirable to see the efforts that the alliance has done to put the light uh, on the potential of the IT industry and cooperate with several universities to expand the educational platform, for example, mm -hmm. with Fast Track Educations. That is a great example of business and academia starting yeah. to cooperate together in Bosnia. Yeah. So that's very good. And um, also, I think it needs to be mentioned that IT companies in Bosnia are doing their share by giving a chance to young to work as trainees before employment. Uh, and this is important for us so that the young can kind of glide into the working market in a better way. Um, mm -hmm. And as you say, in my engagement, South Thousands has done several trainee programs uh, mm -hmm. like this. And we are really uh, happy to see the benefit it makes to contribute to modeling the young professional minds uh, towards what is needed on the market today. I'm mentioning yeah. South House, but of course there are many, many IT companies throughout mm -hmm. our, com mm -hmm. our country that are doing the same thing. Because yeah. I think that this IT industry is really a modern industry adopting these principles uh, that, that, are, that are important for us. Mm -hmm. And um, i just like to mention that in the trainee programs that we have done at South House, we have engaged not only trainees from Bosnia, but also we have had three young people from Sweden who have come to Bosnia to do their Swedish wow. trainee time in our office here in Sarajevo. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. once again, what we started off talking about, there are people interested in our countries and, country and to work here. So I think it's important to point out. Now we are approaching to the end of our discussion and I would like to compare one two things finally. Now, since you are, have grown up in one country and now you work and live in the other one, I think that you can make a pretty good analysis about what is it that we miss the most? What is the, that key element that Bosnia and Herzegovina needs in order to become world-class as Sweden is? What do we need to improve the most? We have already mentioned some of the practices that I truly value in, in Sweden throughout our podcast. Mm -hmm. um, I'd like to go back to the system approach. Uh, uh, that is how values we share in one country connect down to an individual. I really found it, find this really important. For example, yeah. if we say that, uh, to put this into perspective, if we say that learning is a lifelong process for us, uh, mm -hmm. The state of Sweden, as I mentioned, along with other layers of the society, in this case, formal and non-formal education system, make sure to offer to its citizens the opportunity to learn for life and redirect their careers if they want to. Yeah. And uh, so I'm, what, what I'm trying to point out is this holistic approach. You cannot just say something. You really need to follow through and do it so you can close this loop. Uh, and uh, if anything, I think that that is something that we really need to be inspired by, by Sweden. But yeah. also, of course, when we compare, it needs to be mentioned that no country should copy paste from uh, another. Instead, we need to see what others are doing that is good and implement what suits us the best. Yeah.
Yeah, exactly. Because Sweden has one environment, we have the other, and the same things may not work here actually, and we just need to figure out for ourselves what's the what's the best thing to to do, right? Yeah, and cherry pick from the best. Uh, exactly. To make make our own system. Yes. Exactly. Vanessa, thank you so much for this great talk. It was very, very interesting analyzing two countries and their practices from your point of view, which is, I think, very, very valuable. And I can only say that thing, things actually look very bright for us. And finally, just to make sure, although it, the answer is obvious from your, from our discussion before, can Bosnia and Herzegovina really ever, become, ever come to a level at which Sweden is at this very moment? Well, uh, as we already mentioned before, I don't think that would be needs to be our end goal, but rather that we mm -hmm. get inspired by Sweden. Sweden mm -hmm. has had a long time uh, to practice some of the good practices that they have in the mm -hmm. areas that we have mentioned. And we, in our young country, we are um, in the starting points. I think that uh, we are yeah. doing some good things already, so we just need to continue uh, in this manner. Yeah. A lot of work is ahead of us, but I also think that it, it really it really can be done. And there are so many positive practices in these countries. We just have to focus on them, like media should be focused on them and everyone, everyone else. Yes, and I think one more important aspect is really also to rely on the young of this uh, um, country because they are our future. Yeah, yeah. Thank you once again for being part of, for being our guest here at Future Voices. Thank you for having me. You can listen to our podcast on Anchor FM, Google Podcast, Breaker, Spotify, and you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Just type Behalf Futures Foundation. Thank you for listening. Have a great day.